You are listening to the Necropolis Podcast, which is brought to you by Jason from Goatcraft and Shelly from HeatMeditations.com and Metal Lesion Magazine. Welcome to Necropolis. I am your host today, Tyler. I will be temporarily taking over hosting the podcast while our normal host, Jason from Goatcraft, takes a brief hiatus, but I promise you all that he will be back very soon. Uh, Today, we have Raphael with us as co-host. Raphael, thank you for joining us today. Thank you a lot for having me, Tyler. Of course, of course. Raphael always provides very interesting insight. And we are interviewing Nisa, the vocalist from the Mighty Sacramentum. Nisa, thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be speaking to you. Yeah, we're very glad too. Sacramentum personally is one of my favorite bands, so I'm very excited. Oh, um, thank you. Thank you. So uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was uh, you started in 1993, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it dates back longer than that, but uh, uh, the name Sacramentum I took uh, in 1992, um, but we started the band, I started the band in 1990. I Before that, I had some different trash bands and projects but um, it wasn't until um 1992 when we felt there, there were people from stockholm who said when we were rehearsing fuck you're good you should do something fuck you're, you're good and then we well okay we were just you know doing our thing and didn't care very much we would just uh seen us outcasts and weirdos um, back then. Um, Right. The common metalhead experience. Yes. (laughs) Um, So you've been as of 2023 uh, with some, with some breaks in there active for uh, over 30 years. And I've seen that you've played a festival or two or a show in the U.S. before, but uh, why is it uh, just now that you decided to do a full U.S. tour? Um, there is no easy. <laughs> why would do it now? Um, I never thought that Sacramento would have this long of a pause, but a lot of other interests came in the way, and we pursued other interests in life. Did other things, uh, and life has a way of just rolling by. Uh, but this time, I, I am not going away. Anyway, doesn't matter what. I, of course, I will, will want to have Anders with me, as always, since he's been with me from almost the beginning. Uh, but I will never. I won't stop. I have so many ideas that I wanted to make happen. And and I have almost written lyrics and concepts for three new albums, but all in time. Right, of course. Very excited for that tour, by the way. I will be coming to see you in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ah, great. I'll be very excited about that. Um, I haven't yeah, been yeah, able yeah. to catch you guys at a festival or anything yet. So, 
So just let me know and I'll buy some beers and we have a chat. Awesome. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Um, so speaking of uh, writing material for almost uh, three new albums and uh, all in its time, I know that when on your uh, social media, you were talking about um, recording some new material, possibly in the near future. And you mentioned about tentatively titling the album, if I remember correctly, uh, Shadows of Oblivion. Uh, yeah, Shadow of Oblivion. Yes, uh, that were the idea back then. But then we got so many offers to play live. So we have been focusing on that uh, for the past one and a half year and still are. So, and we felt that, um, you know, the material is always good to, to lie in wait and you listen to it again and you hear it directly, okay that doesn't do it and it's a blessing in disguise with all this covid thing because we we started to you know re rehearse more and uh felt that no 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 this this is this isn't worthy of sacramentum this has to be much much more and um yeah uh, you can't force uh masterpieces it's impossible and i would never do that um and we would never do that if we don't feel satisfied with uh, the new album we won't release it but i'm sure that we have a lot of great material we just need to set it together and uh, focus on that and that's what we're going to do after the US tour, and then we have a South American tour, but then we'll um, take a break for two months, I I think, and then we'll do a European tour after that. So it all goes um, very fast, and European tour in spring, and then another US tour in autumn 24. So we have a lot booked. <laughs> Absolutely. Very, very yeah. busy yeah that's a very busy schedule um yes. so uh talking about like the tentative title although it sounds like it's subject yeah. to change i know that uh that's from a, the booklet from the finnis malorum ep am i correct yes. yes you're correct yeah and so i know that also live that you have uh been focusing on playing a lot of material from uh, the debut album far away from the sun um, is that uh, indicative of the kind of direction that you're planning on taking newer material is hearkening back to those releases? Um, I will say it like this. I have the last uh, last year, uh, me and Don Svaner did a complete remix of the Coming of Chaos album from the original tape reels. Uh, I've saved them for all those years, because I never felt satisfied with how that album came out. And I have written extensive liner notes uh, for five pages uh, explaining what happened, the time, you know, in, in, you know, we were so fed up with everything. So we, we, we turned down the melodies in the mix. And, uh, you know, Svane, in his own words, he were he were just fucking amazed. He said, "What the f 
fuck? And this album is going to be released, the new Coming of Chaos, with a new uh, stunning artwork of Almighty Necrolord, uh, as it were really intended to be, because the original cover of the Coming of Chaos were my skis. And Center Media mistook it for the actual cover, so I were, oh, yeah, really, really pissed. And understandably, yeah, yeah. So, all those years, I I actually do it mostly for myself. But when Anders listened to it, he said, I don't, fuck, I don't remember this. Yeah, I said, I know it's. Lie hidden there. And my wife listened to the album when we got, were in the car and she said, I never heard this album. And I said, well, yeah, no, not in the, this way. And people will see uh, or hear that um, The Coming of Chaos is a real follow-up to Far Away from the Sun uh, in so many ways and now uh, we have a more sounding like far away from the song but in my opinion a whole lot better <laughs> because oh, that's exciting yes uh, I was uh, just listening to the coming of chaos in the car today while I was out running some errands um, I know I'll that send you a taste later if you if you uh, keep it to yourself Oh, absolutely. Um, I know there's a, uh, what do I want to say? I don't know if it's a demo version or like an alternate recording of uh, The Awakening of Chaos from that album yeah. that was released on a compilation. And then I think as a bonus track on a re-release of Far Away from the Sun. Yes. Uh, do you prefer that version to the actual album release? Uh, both yes and no. It's very crude. It were recorded in, you know, eight hours and mixed and everything uh, in a little uh, local studio uh, which um, a friend of mine uh, Alexander Luzbeck from the Cameron if you <laughs> know about them uh, and we were just having a great time uh, we also recorded um, uh, 13 Candles with Bathory for the Bathory tribute uh, in Conspiracy with Satan, released on Hellspawn Records. Um, yeah, I like that version because it's it's raw, it, it's it's crude and raw. It has the, this demo feel. It, it it shouldn't be, you know, all perfect. But the new version of Awakened Chaos, ah, oh, it it's it's a real fucking metal fist in your face it's it's great and we will play that song on our u.s tour awesome um, by the way uh your mention of the battery tribute has reminded me of um, a question that i think it's um it's a very cliche but can be uh very instructive sometimes which is the um, as, as we were speaking about the beginning of Sacramentum and the way the sound changed, uh, can you tell us about maybe some of the guiding lights of um, of Sacramentum? And this doesn't have to be uh, necessarily musically like battery, but also more in terms of um, 
uh, ideology or uh, even uh, spirituality because I remember uh, we did an interview uh, for Essien Firm and uh, you you talked a lot about uh, occultism for example yes how it influences sacramentum yes uh, it always have um it is as I say I reinvented myself at the age of 16 and gave birth to the entity infernal ancient and infernal entity known as sacramentum and this is a, such a big part of my life and has always been even though it lied dormant because i had other <clears throat> things to do in my life and uh, didn't really i didn't really want to be <laughs> a known person so so i i know i when I were at concerts and people coming up to me and said, you heard him? And, but no, you're mistaken. I never played in a band because I, I wanted to be private. And I believe that was a very, very good thing because I couldn't do what I do now with Sacramentum if I didn't have all that time and reflection and you know, going so deep into myself and... Uh, developing my own spirituality and um, you know learning from a lot of mistakes as well i mean a lot of my friends <laughs> old friends have um, chosen to leave this earthly realm and juna uh, fate were a very close personal friend and it was hard um back then but i still feel him and he empowering me and guiding sacramentum on yeah i can only imagine um that's uh really interesting that uh occultism uh was uh, such an influence to the sound of sacramentum i could see it in the lyrics um i also see uh speaking of yeah. some of you feel it in the music. Uh, Most importantly, abs yes, it's yes. definitely felt in the music. Um, I know when, talking when about you see or us live, you will understand completely. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, talking about the some of the um, personal struggles that you've been went through, uh, both in reinventing yourself as a teenager and uh, your relationships with others throughout your life. Um, I have seen in the lyrics and something that I consider a very powerful statement from your band and also felt in the music, a uh, sort of uh, exploration of uh, sorrow of dealing with uh, the strug struggles internally and not in a very uh, cheap way, like some mainstream bands do where it's almost self-pitying. In fact, uh, it almost seems like in Sacramentum, there is a movement within the music, within the riffs, where that that uh, delving into the internal sorrow leads to almost a uh, a revelation of sorts, a moment of triumph. Yes, I mean, all feelings need to be explored at the very depth of them. Otherwise, how do you know yourself that that's what you think, feel, or do? Uh, if you listen to others, it's others' opinion who 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 don't even know themselves because they base themselves on opinions of others and a lot of bullshit so 
I realized that in early age, and it was a very, very destructive process, uh, which got me almost got me killed and in jail. <laughs> but I persevered, and um, I'm glad everything happened, and I, I'm not proud of what I did, but I don't regret anything that I did, because everything leads up to who I have become today. And yes, some were very hard, tough le lessons to learn, and um, yeah, I would do everything again, otherwise I would be someone else today. So, and that's who I am. I am a very passionate person and uh, either I do things or I don't. Um, that's the kind of way I work all, always. I think this is a very interesting point that Tyler has brought up because indeed with this, we see how, um, how Sacramento, beyond just a musical project, is something that comes from deep within, like you said, it's just a, a derivation of something that you invoked, so to speak, when you were a teenager. And yes. um, about this, um, this idea of self-exploration and um, through these means, uh, this brings me to another thing, which is uh, Taylor was speaking about the lyrics. And indeed, in, uh, something that I find very, uh, uh, very related to this in the lyrics of Sacramentum is the symbolism of the night. Uh, I, I think I relate this to this very uh, to this deeper realm of uh, where self exploration can happen at a, a very deep, a very profound level that most people uh, are scared of. Maybe so. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, the night in Sacramentum. Yes, I mean, uh, first of all, uh, night has always made me feel, you know, free, and you know, I always loved to be up on the night even when I were very young age and uh, that's where I got my creative creativity out outlet and it's not that hard to understand really because when most of people are sleeping um, the veils get thinner and uh, you can feel and develop develop your own abilities to feel the beyond or travel the beyond or whatever you want to call it because it's a highly personal thing and it's not the same for anyone it's your personal journey and uh, that's what sacramentum is uh for for me and Anders, it it has never been anything else. We we were never even, you know, we we never thought what, that we would record albums, uh, and uh, I would never in my wildest dreams um, see this enormous um, people. I mean, we're getting gigs all over the world. We we played so many gigs now and we're so thankful for it and new people are getting their eyes open 
and ears open for Sacramento, and it's fantastic. I met so many great new friends for life all around the world, um, and that's what it's all about because we're just metal fans as people who goes who goes to the concert. We're not any different than anybody else. Yes, we were there at that time, and we did things at that time but we never forced anything we 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 have always just been ourselves and there were a lot of uh, those memories uh from when we recorded uh finish malorum and uh, far away from the sun and swanu told me no no you can't do this and he he's an extremely good musician i said yeah i've done it uh you know, let's try it anyway. And most of the times he were right, but some of the times he were, oh, fucking hell, this is amazing. Yes, I told you, so try it. You, you know, because people always see things differently and um, that's something that I always, you know, I'm, I'm being so annoyed when when people are dismissing things before they even understood what what it's about um and this is something me and Anders are working on very very hard and this is also a slow process in writing uh, new music for Sacramento because we won't release an album that we couldn't be very proud of and will stand the test of time um but <laughs> i'm sure that it will because yes uh have a, we have a lot of great stuff and um, we're working with a lot of our friends i mean i i one of my best friends is uh necrolord himself and uh we see each other regularly and uh, we are doing some music projects together just for fun. Uh, and uh, he's helping me with, he, he's been like a mentor for me since I was 18, really. He's the one only person I can go to and discuss my ideas. And he's the only one who really could tell me, no, this isn't good enough. Or he's diplomatic and said, well, it's not far away from the sun. The title, that's the shadow of oblivion. He, he said, yes, it's, it's it, I like the, the connection to the, to the first album and everything. But, you know, no, you can do better. <laughs> and I I just, what the fuck? What do you say? <laughs> Thinking, you know, and then... A day later or two days later, I fuck. He's right. He's absolutely right, and I'm so blessed to have uh, those people around me, and especially Christian, because he's such an amazing person, and he also, in his own way, has his spiritual journey, and we we have. Uh, yeah, we've been kindred spirits since we, the first time we met. Uh, I met him first time when I was 18. And uh, it were 
what can you say? <laughs> Love at first sight. We were we were going around town talking, and then I went to his parents' home where he was living then, and um, yeah, there we go. And started he started work on far away from the sun, uh, painting, and um, which I'm proud to say that I own the original. <laughs> I'm getting all the originals from him because. And he says it's it's your painting, but I pay him in other ways, and he tells me no, 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 you already paid it, and yes, uh, I can understand. But in value, of course, I would never sell um, them. But in value, they are a lot of money. But still, he has <laughs> a treasure. <laughs> but you won't you won't sell them. Uh, uh, because it's, he says, you know, it's my children's heritage, and also there's very few collections that are this concentrated. So they should be in a museum. I shouldn't get money from it, and, that, and that's how a true artist speaks and feels. Because it's all in the creative process. When it's finished, it's finished. Then you start with the new, and that's really what Sacramento, when we are creating new songs, it, it's like, you know, giving birth to things over and over, and it's a very painful process, uh, even though I love the process. I love it, the whole process. Um, and um, no, no, it's very much more depth than most people would ever realize. And uh, but you obviously have some idea, some clue about it. I'm sorry, I don't know where a question was. I'm just... No, you're all right. We're happy to hear you talk. Anyway, yeah. uh, I was going to ask. Uh, we've talked about your influences on Sacramento throughout the years. Um, as of more recently, do you have any uh, favorite uh, musicians that you uh, return to frequently? Uh, some bands that you really enjoy, heavy metal or otherwise? Oh, yes, of course. I mean, May Iron Maiden and Judas Priest is, uh, you know, the Saxon, <laughs> all, all this old school heavy metal and all the trash. I mean, early Slayer, uh, Dark Angel, Possessed, uh, Death, I mean... Yes, I still love all these uh, albums. And um, when I'm drinking, parting, you know, and get to hear one of these, or, or I put on my own vinyl, and I, I get like a child again, you know. Um, autopsy, for example. Um, we we I've never seen Autopsy until last year when we played... Um, uh, California Death Fest and Autopsy were one of the headlining bands and we were the other. And my wife said, you know, I was standing backstage when they, when Autopsy came off stage and and I were, you know, like jumping <laughs> like a little child. And I ran to Chris Reifert and, and told him, hey, hey, Chris, I, I wrote you a letter back in 1988 when you just left Death. And and wanted to buy your 
your new band demo, Autopsy. I still have a letter at home. And he, he looked at me and said, whoa. <laughs> um, and now we have played with them several times. So now they are good friends. And um, But I still, you know, get in a raging mood when I hear them because, yeah, Autopsy. Autopsy, man. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. It's interesting to hear that they were a huge influence on you as well, because I know that the Swedish scene in general, both, uh, especially in the death metal scene, was really deeply influenced by Autopsy. Yeah. we we uh, Before we released, we had some official, uh, not official demo recordings, and one of the recordings is uh, early... Um, stage of Sacramentum, which is a very old school primitive death metal. It sounds like, you know, more in the vein of uh, Grave uh, in the early 90s. It has been released on a, a special edition of Finis Malorum with bonus tracks. Um, I can send it to you as well. Um, well, I own the special edition of uh, Finnis Malorum. It's another regular in my uh, CD player in my car. <laughs> so, yeah, Morbid um, Humanity, that song then. <laughs> Morbid yeah. Humanity, uh, old school, yeah. That's the uh, special edition that also includes um, like the recording of the uh, Merciful Fate cover, I think, and the yeah. Sepultura cover. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and then the, I, I'm not sure on the pronunciation, but the CD, Cedas Im, Imperium uh, yeah. demo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, excellent release. Right. That was really awesome. And yeah, I play that in my car all of the time. It's a oh, big okay. favorite of mine and uh, really love to blast it during the winter months. Uh, a, a little fun fact. When we did that, it was uh, uh, Oliver Badin uh, from uh, Zero Tolerance Magazine, among others, who interviewed me uh, about it. And I were, you know, I haven't li I hadn't listened to Finnish Malurum album for say almost 20 years. And I were like, you know, but, but it, it's an old, old demo. It wasn't meant to be released on CD and, and blah blah blah. And then after the interview, I sat down and listened to it and felt the lyrics, and I fucking hell. I want to talk to this young penetrating intellect. And I, I felt that I can relate to all of that uh, even today. And that's both me and Anders are getting so proud of ourselves when we read interviews from back in 95, 96. And we're saying, I stand behind everything of that. I, and yeah, you have to be genuine and true to yourself. That's the real meaning of the word true before it got yeah, hijacked by a lot of wannabes. Yeah, um, a lot of very boring bands. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. So you were talking about how before uh, you released the Finnis Malorum demo that in a very early stage of Sacramentum that you were doing more uh, dark, primitive uh, death metal. Uh, I was curious what if uh, you could identify it was the uh, 
point at which and what were the and what were the circumstances behind it you decided to shift to a more black metal sound yeah uh, it it it's all about the feeling again i love old school death metal i still get in a rage when i listen to old crematory from sweden and and grave and bands like that uh i always loved that andres too uh but we felt that we needed a deeper meaning than the death metal gore uh, thing even though i love it but that's not something i felt comfortable comfortable uh writing about uh beyond my when i w- were 16 and in the early 15 16 yes but you know when i was 17 18 i i, I really started to search myself and it came naturally and there were only three bands on the west coast of sweden back then it were lord belial and dissection and sacramentum who were playing this kind of music and everyone even though we had hung out with a lot of other bands um, we were always seen as you know little weird ones that are going too much into the occult or Satanism or whatever. And we, as it was in in the early old school Swedish death metal days, I mean, unanimated as well. I mean, we were all good friends and still are today. And when I am in contact with, with all of those people, um, and meet them at parties and have we are having a, a great time you know getting <laughs> to be our true selves together um it's fantastic so uh you talked about being seen as the weirdos for getting too involved in the occult and whatnot was that uh partly from the uh, death metal scene. I know that there are a lot of talk about how the death metal scene at very first did not react to black metal so well. They thought that it was strange and didn't really appreciate it. Were those some death metal musicians that thought that you guys were going a little bit too far in that direction? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Uh, Of course. Uh, And uh, yes, maybe we were in some ways, but as I said before, I am a person who really need to feel the depth and really feel it. Uh, most people would not need to do that because, oh, but it says itself. You, you, you just, just gotta know. No, uh, I say no uh, because how do you know that it's your feeling and not some implanted? in your mind, by society, parents, or whatever. Um, And that's what people had a really hard time understand back then. And that made me more introvert. And, uh, you know, instead of, you know, trying to get understood, I were, you know, alienating myself more because... I didn't want to be a part of, you know, 
the whole Gothenburg scene and 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 all that. I I mean I love <laughs> grotesque early at the gates uh, and those are those are some really big influences on both the sacramentum and dissections sound and style. Without uh, grotesque and early at the gates, there wouldn't be any dissection or sacramentum. That's that's just the truth. That's awesome that you bring that up because I was going to ask about that next since you mentioned being uh, so close to Christian and I knew that he was involved in Grotesque and of course that had members of At The Gates. Um, so uh, yeah, so to, um, obviously you were very influenced by them. Um, and uh, I remember reading, um, I think it was uh, Daniel Eckeroth who wrote the Swedish death metal book. And yeah. he was uh, speaking about at the gates in there. And he actually said in the book that to um, some of the Swedish death metal scene at the gates was almost like a black metal experience for them. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they had this kind of riffing that, you know, took you beyond and uh, especially gardens and grief and um, the red, the red what is it um the red in the sky is ours exactly uh those albums are so weird in uh, musically uh but that you know just yeah it it, it fed us like crazy and um we were friends back then and still are uh and Back in those days, how hard it may seem today, but you know, there weren't that many people who were into this scene. And uh, you know, in Gothenburg, there were a few bands that hung out together. There weren't that many bands back then at all. It were you know, um, Dark Tranquility and. Uh, in flames, we we shared the rehearsal space with uh, in flames uh, in the beginning, and they actually asked me to sing on their second album. But I told them, I just laughed at them and told them, "Do you really think I'm going to sing on a circus album?" And maybe that was harsh said back then, but that's how I felt back then. Uh, they have definitely improved since then, uh, and I could be more diplomatic today, but I had Sacramentum, and that was my full focus, and uh, I believe I would have regretted it um, if I, I if I did it, so I'm very glad that I didn't even consider it, that just to turn them down very, very harshly. Um, talking about the uh, got later Gothenburg scene, um, I know that some have uh, compared the sound on uh, Sacramentum's last album, Thy Black Destiny, to uh, the later Gothenburg scene. I always yeah. felt that what you heard more as an influence in those riffs was uh, thrash metal. Uh, would you agree with that? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Uh, as I told you before, The Coming of Chaos were recorded in the summer of 1997. And 1997 
weren't a good year for Death Black. It were, you know, the, the whole scene. We were so fed up with the scene. We wanted to distance ourselves from the scene. We were ashamed of telling people that we, we were playing Black Death Metal because it were a fucking joke back then. And that's why The Coming of Chaos became what it became. <clears throat> and also the fact that we recorded it with Andy LaRocque, who is a superb musician, but he's a heavy metal musician. He doesn't understand Death Black, which Svane did. And now when I re um, did the remix with him, I felt like our recording the album again. I I relived um, those times, and uh, Svane did as well. And um, yes, in my liner notes, uh, Svane tells it with his his own words, and also Necrolord tells with his own words uh, because those were the first I played it to, uh, and I always wanted Christian's. Uh, opinion about it. what do you think about it is and and he almost <laughs> he got really pissed he said what the fuck now i understand what in the fucking hell no 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 we have to listen to it again and uh i never seen him that excited about music maybe for Baharit blasphemy or bathory <laughs> Uh, I were just in shock, and I, I knew, I knew, I always knew uh, what lied hidden in those tapes, um, and what we did, and why we did it, because we wanted to distance ourselves from all this bullshit of the scene. So we turned down great melodies in the mix, so you couldn't even hear them, and more, uh, you know, in your face aggression. Trash, yes. Um, that's exactly what we did. Right, and that's understandable given the circumstances at the time. Uh, I know that the uh, late 90s, maybe into the early 2000s were a pretty low point for the underground extreme metal scene. Not a much yes. creativity. You only had a small handful of bands that were doing anything worth paying attention to. Um, yeah. So talking about that and in relation to more recent times i've always felt like sacramentum did not receive uh through much of their career the acclaim that you all deserved uh given your quality but as of recent i feel like that is uh changing and that people are now starting to hold sacramentum in pretty high esteem you've been oh, yeah. giving a lot more shows and things um do would you agree with that yes definitely definitely absolutely when when we got the proposal of uh, headlining all the death fests um, and you know the amount of money we would get for, for each show and we were I, I was just what the fuck has happened because i i didn't you know search the internet or reading you know about myself but i started to to look and and it were insanely <laughs> how people had deeply analyzed everything and uh, how much it meant to people uh, and that opened up a new dimension 
for Sacramento. And when I'm doing interviews and and you know what people and they say, do you realize how how big you are here over there? No, I haven't the faintest clue. But like for Mexico, we haven't played in Mexico yet, but we will do that after a U.S. tour and. A good friend of mine in Mexico, he said, you know, do, you don't understand how, how fucking big you are. No, I don't understand. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. And that's amazing. Uh, and yes, we didn't, we didn't promote ourselves in that way back in those days because we weren't into this for a musical career it was to an outlet from the innermost feelings of ourselves and uh, creating atmospheres that i still today am very very proud of and i realize that it there is some real touch of magic um and that is the vein and and energies that we are doing now as well and we were a new your first new album we have to stay true to our legacy um even though developing the sound a little bit further but now i i i i really love the melodies on uh, Far Away From San Finis Malorum uh, and The Coming of Chaos, the new mix. Uh, um, yeah, no, you're right. Back in those days, it, we were obscured by so many other great bands. Um, and that's how it is. I mean, a lot of great Swedish bands were obscured by you know oh, i'm sure you've gotten the comparison many times throughout your career but uh of course with a uh, dissection playing in a similar style now yes. i'm not denying their quality at all personally yeah. i like sacramento more than dissection um so that's just my personal taste <laughs> um yeah. i've all i've felt that way for a long time uh my friends and i discovered uh Sacramentum when we were probably 16, 17 years old and uh, connected with us very deeply on a personal level. And we thought the music was excellent. And uh, we've been listening to it frequently ever since then. And actually all of us will be heading down to see you guys. There's four of us oh, heading great. that way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You just let me know and we will, we'll have a party afterwards or, or, you know, and talk. Hey, I'll just be happy just to say hello. Um, so, records or whatever, you know. Yeah, but yeah, we uh, we all really, um, really appreciate you guys. And it makes me really happy to see Sacramentum gaining more recognition uh, recently. Um, so that's really awesome to see you playing so many shows. Um, and I'm really happy to see you playing in the U.S. more often because uh, it's not often that uh, I get to see a band that I really respect and really enjoy live uh here anymore um you know it's a yeah. few and far between thank you so much for all <laughs> kind words uh respect uh it's because people like yourself 
that we are here today and doing this and I am the flame is burning stronger than ever um, and uh, I think that Sacramentum has always been ahead of its time and uh, those bullshit comparisons between dissection yes 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 the similar sound and everything but we were all friends I mean we had two members who later become members of dissection <laughs> And actually, one of the riffs on Storm of the Light's Bane is a sacramentum riff that should be on Far Away from the Sun. But um, they stole it. <laughs> uh, and they recorded uh, the album two weeks before us. <laughs> uh, but we were good friends and, you know, hung out all the time. I mean... I listened to Dissection since the, the first demo and the first EP, you know, and they they have always been more polished and uh, more of a traditional songwriting uh, verse, uh, chorus, verse, bridge uh, kind of style um, than we ever were. I, I believe that we were too complex for most people to understand back then. Um, like at the gates, for for example, they didn't get very much recognition in the beginning either. Uh, and I, I guess that's how it. Like then you have dissection, and you're not like he he was a fantastic person, and uh, hey, my brother. Uh, he 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 was a genius musician and he had this kind of dark romanticism even though he wanted to be more black metal i told him many many times stop it for the fuck's sake stop it you're doing this so fucking brilliant don't do like all the others you know um, so we developed each other in so many ways. Um, and then, of course, I understand the compassion, but not really, because Sacramentum has always been far more aggressive, deeper, and uh, complex than dissection ever had been or would be. I wholeheartedly agree. I think that in all actuality, the two bands sound uh, significantly different. Um, when we're talking about the more polished songwriting of dissection, uh, my co-host and I have uh, spoken about this before, and we were just speaking about it prior to this interview, uh, that dissection, um, and I mean this, don't mean this in a negative way per se, uh, sometimes almost sounds like a traditional heavy metal band with black metal technique. And I said that Sacramentum to me almost feels the opposite, that at its core, it's a black metal band that uses some heavy metal technique and some of the riffing, like the harmonized guitars and things like that. We take a different stuff from all our childhood idols or whatever, uh, and feelings, experiences, um, and add it into the mix. And a Sacramentum song always need to have a special flow if you feel it 
yes. If you don't feel it, something's amiss. And then we start over. And that's how we always did Sacramentum. And we weren't, you know, trying to be the next thing or whatever, because we did our thing. Dissection did it. I mean, I love Dissection, of course, especially some the Somberlane album is fantastic. Um, but they, 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 were, they were doing it in a commercial way, so to speak. Not Nothing bad about that at all, but it weren't for us. I think it's very curious that we um, we ended up mentioning at the early at the gates because indeed I think uh, both uh, that band at that phase and Sacramentum uh, at that time the, it's a, an example of uh, a case of two great bands that were indeed misunderstood because I think both of them were doing at uh, a unique approach, uh, especially when it comes to uh, among other things when it comes to incorporating melody. And uh, I'm very glad that you mentioned this flow because I personally, uh, the, the very first time I listened to Sacramentum, I think this is what this was one of the qualities that um, that was most um, distinctive to me. The way uh, all the songs flew and they the way they uh, they really had this very uh, unique uh, emotional um, uh, flow and, and and very melodic in a way. So uh, I know that this was a very natural process, uh, given now everything that we've said so far. But uh, I'm curious if there was, um, because as you were saying, the, all all sorts of influences from childhood and whatever end up uh, being incorporated. So, uh, were there any specific um, reference for you in terms of uh, melody? I would say Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, <laughs> old heavy metal style, which we incorporated into our own sort of way. Uh, early grotesque, early at the gates style. Um, with those haunting melodies um, and guitars, and it's almost sounds as there is synths imbued embedded in in on both Finis Malorum and Far Away from the Sun but no synths were made it's all created by atmosphere and uh how we played uh and we 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 when we recorded I, I remember sitting there especially on on Far Away from the Sun when we listened to it and and we were and Swan as well but Whoa, the choir's in the background. What the fuck? And um, the right energies were <clears throat> with us, uh, and we invited them to be with us. And uh, when I killed Sacramentum back in 2001, I felt that I had lost all that and uh, weren't interested anymore and wouldn't even think I would be doing music in that capacity as before. Even though I did music all those years, I have written poems and I have a lot of stuff. Um, I've always written through all the years and 
I created music with also one of my childhood friends, uh, David Anderson, um, um, from uh, Nightflight Orchestra and Soilwork. Um, he passed last year, and um, he were staying at my place for weeks at a time um, down in my sanctuary, which I call it, I where I have my um, privacy from the rest of the family where I can get truly creative and uh, yeah, just be myself. And people who I invite in here, they are, the first thing they are saying when they get into the door is, whoa, what an energy. Yes, yes, because I have for many, many years uh, what can you say, summoning and banishing the wrong energies and nobody who isn't invited by me would ever uh, step above the threshold to my sanctuary um, because I don't tolerate any any negative or bad energies in my way uh, and I feel them long before they even get near so um, now I'm talking myself away again <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about from the oh, beginning quite all right so uh, something that I was going to bring up is that something that uh, an aspect of Sacramentum's music that always has uh, really appealed to me is how the uh, flow of melody will open up, so to speak, into something that almost feels like you were suddenly rushing headlong and came through an opening into uh, seeing some great vista, some great landscape just open up before you very suddenly. Uh, it reminds me, as a fan of uh, classical music as well as some classical pieces that I've listened to. It made me curious to one uh, as to whether uh, classical music was an influence on Sacramentum at all. Yes. It has always been a very big influence, and that's mostly Anders uh, doing. Uh, I was so into uh, the black thing back then, so I. But he he he. Um, that's the the the, the work works. Com we complete each other, and uh, when we are getting the magic happening you know both me and Anders you know the other guys can just stand and look at us in the rehearsal place because we, we're not talking anymore we are, it's like my wife told me when Christian was here uh, and and she said you know I don't understand what you're talking about you, you're just sounding but me and Christian is, is completely understanding each other and that's how it is with me and Anders when the magic comes through and our, I don't know, souls <laughs> entwine and uh, burns very, very strongly. Uh, and I'm so looking forward to record the new album um, because the process of it is i i absolutely love it 
And music is the ultimate art form in my way because it, it you have you have art, you have lyrics, you have poetry, you have music, you have feelings. It's and when this is done right, I mean yeah. It's it can like be, uh, very powerful. Oh, uh, extremely powerful. I wouldn't even be here sitting here. I would have ended my life long time ago if it weren't for my outlet in music. Because still today, I I feel very, very misunderstood. People don't really accept for you guys. You, 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 I'm very, very grateful for you telling me this because... That's never how I felt, you know. I always had to explain myself, and people want to misinterpret it. But yeah, yeah, I understand. Uh, well, for many fans like myself, and I'm sure this applies to Raphael as well. When we went through uh, youth, feeling like we were misunderstood by society around us. I mean, that's evident by the fact we got into heavy metal music and black metal and death metal. Uh, Sacramentum was an outlet for us. It gave us something to where we felt like somebody else understood the experience that we were going through. Um, and also it uh, gave us a sort of a majestic and a fantastical world that was inspiring to escape from the mundane aspects of reality, you know, or I would say social reality, because reality itself in the form of the beautiful things that you can see in nature, mountains, storms, forests is wonderful, but the social aspect of it is very mundane and tedious for people like us. And Sacramentum is kind of... Yes, it's an illusion which most people live in, and they are trying to conform everyone into the fucking bullshit, but... And it it takes a strong mind and spirit to go your own way, which I always done throughout my life. And when I look back at my life from early childhood and starting the first death metal band, thrash metal band in the in the town where I came from, I mean. Nobody, nobody <laughs> thought I were really sane. Uh, and I were mostly by myself, which I still am today because I enjoy my solitude, reading, creating. Uh, and uh, yeah. as I said, the, the, the world was so unreal the society and everything for me so i i i went further um peered through the illusion and uh, that's what i see with people today at our live shows i only do the vocals nowadays because uh the bass and the guitar it it always held me back and now i can really express myself on stage and show people because i i see i show no no look from this angle there you go look and i see in their eyes when they when they peer through and i open things for them and 
empowering them to take control of their own lives, whatever it might be. But that's the real significance of uh, our blood rituals uh, on stage. And that's why we would never stop to do it because it's such an important part of Sacramentum and even though it's a fucking drag to wash all the clothes out afterwards it takes me several hours and uh, I still worth it because I get into a transcendence mood uh, mode I I can only describe it as a prime primeval kind of tone that I have created to get in the mood before every concert. And I I just go with the flow. I, I don't when I'm on stage, I, I am half aware, half conscious, and another part of me is far beyond. And connecting the dots for those who are interested to see or willing to see, or those who just see it anyway. Uh, and a lot of, I mean, that's the greatest thing when I meet old school people that I respect and they are fucking hell. What? I mean, that's the best <laughs> you can get. Uh, I don't care how many records or gigs we do. I mean, that's what it's, what it's all about. And that's, The only reason I want to do Sacramentum again and for the rest of my days, I believe, I I can't stop because even though I created the ancient and infernal entity, that entity has came to life on its own and are now demanding things from both me and Anders, and you create energies. Everything is energy, in my view, and energies never die. They just transform. And creating the ancient and infernal spirit of Sacramentum it uh, it was so, such a profound experience for me back when I was 16 and I started to dismantle myself completely going to the very depths of everything and uh, we're on a very very dangerous path uh, and as you know with John Nutwright and what happened there uh, but I needed, I needed all that uh, to feel and to be able to do what I do today and to do the shows that I am doing today. I couldn't do it back in those days for several reasons because we 
a lack of money. We couldn't uh, have the stage decor that we wanted. And, uh, you know, we were all in the hands of record labels and such media just pushed us to, you have to record a new, new album. You have to record. And that's what Thy Black Destiny were. It, it It's half a Sacramento album, really. Um, and the rest is forced. And I feel it today. There are some good things on Thy Black Destiny, but it's not really the spirit of Sacramento. Um, I'm sad to say. <laughs> um, but that, that's we that's why we, we were pushed and we were, you know, we were 24, 25. Uh yeah. But nowadays we 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 are still on central media and we have a very good relation with them. And they are have been asking me through the years how yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all good with the new remix and everything, but how's the new album coming? And I tell them, haven't you fucking learned anything yet? If you want true classics, you have to fucking wait. If you want another necrophobic album, which is good, but no, you can't just do, 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 do. Yes, you have to do it if you should be able to survive on your music, but that's not why we're doing it. Um, and so to me, now they are just okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I think my uh, co-host uh, Raphael has a question he'd like to ask, but just as a comment on what you're saying, uh, even as a fan uh, um, of uh, heavy metal music, black metal, death metal, I do not mind waiting for long periods of time for new material if it happens at all, because to me quality is more important uh, than quantity. And Definitely. so it, sometimes it takes a long period of time to be able to make something worth listening to. And if I have to wait seven years or more than that for something that I'm going to listen to over and over again, as opposed to having a new album come out every year that I'm going to forget about after listening to it a few times, I would yeah, exactly. I'd much rather I mean, Albums like Phoenix Malorum and Far Away from the Sun and when you hear the new remix of the Coming of Chaos album, uh, it has stood the test of time. It is, in my opinion and many, many others, uh, timeless in, in so many ways. Uh, and that's something I would never compromise again, ever. Uh, back in those days, it were compromises all the time. You know, you had too little studio time. We had to that. Yeah, it it's okay. It's not good enough, but yeah, yeah, yeah we'll go with it. Uh, nowadays, I would never ever uh, let anything like that slip. Uh, if I'm not pleased with it, no, fuck all. Um, just do it over, or we skip it completely. And that's the kind of way we we do do songs now uh, where there's some little thing that don't have the flow it's mm, now something's amiss and then we discard <laughs> a lot of great riffs but it's not great together and then you can get some of those old riffs into new things and uh, there you have it um, but it is a long 
process and we are very, very careful, especially after this long time away from the scene. We would never rush anything, which COVID were a blessing in disguise for us because otherwise we would probably have recorded a new album which we hadn't been completely satisfied with because it, the demand were so great. But now landed in it and I don't care. I mean, I do this first and foremost for myself. Uh, and if people enjoy it and understands it, oh, fucking great. I'm so glad and thankful for that. And um, but otherwise than that, I don't care. I, I'm not really a musician. Not Neither me and Anders are, are really good musicians. But what we are, are is extremely feeling persons. And um, we would never, ever do anything to compromise that that's what we have agreed upon from the beginning when we got Sacramento together again right uh, I just wanted to say that I'm really really glad that we got to this point about this more um, uh, the more energetic side of things because indeed I actually think that this is pretty much the center of it all and like Missy was saying that everything taps into this and uh, regarding the um, uh, the musical experience of Sacramento, uh, even down to the level of listening, uh, I think that everyone who listens to Sacramento and feels something deep is basically tapping into uh, this energy. Um, but I was I was more um, I was I wanted to focus more on the side of creation, especially uh, when you were talking about um your uh, this private room of yours and this our energy is so important and your conversations with uh, uh with christian and how he understands you um so uh i was thinking of the way um this this alchemy you know of these uh, this trade off energies and the way it um it ends up it builds together and uh, ends up uh, creating something bigger and greater um and so i was more um i was more interested in these aspects so uh, as a band uh the way these all these energies converge from the way all members are touched by this uh, entity that you describe and um and even you know the, the the interesting aspect with christian the way he has to um he creates these these landscapes that he translates essentially the this entity into another form it's a it's a really uh interesting process yeah uh I, I will send you the new album cover just so you can see it, but keep it to yourselves. But, you know, that painting is a new level of Necrolord. The original, I mean, I I, I, I don't know what, I'm speechless. Uh, I don't have the original at my home yet, but I will soon have it because Christian is giving it to me. So I'm so blessed. And as he says... <laughs> No, it's mutual, my friend. And I have a couple of great artists close by who inspire me. We inspire each other. And uh, it's all about creativity. It's nothing else, really. And we don't care <laughs> if we get understood or not. Uh, it doesn't matter. 
Um, Christian, for example, he's a world famous, a fantastic painter, but he he doesn't he doesn't barely make money because he's he's refusing to let go <laughs> of those originals, except for to me what he knows where to get it if if she he would need it to to an exhibition or something. Um, and his wife have been really, really angry at him for so many years because he doesn't make money. But he couldn't get to the level of perfection if he didn't do it all those years. And, you know, the sky of the new Coming of Chaos cover, it, he... He reworked it, I think, over a hundred times. And I was almost, you know, but Christian, what? what? Every time I, I came down, I, I, he, I saw a new depth of it. And, and then finally he said, yeah, I'm almost, I'm almost pleased with this um, sky, back sky, skylight. And he showed me every time because I, I am an artist as well. I create art in many, many forms. I, I paint, I create um, um, skull art and uh, a lot of stuff. That's how I am uh, providing for myself and, and family nowadays. Uh, part-time sacramentum, part-time art. And um, yeah, that's where I got to in life that I... I I can't deny myself anymore. I need to do this. I need to be creative in more ways than just renovating a big house and and everything. Um, and my wife always <laughs> told me, what does it take to get you into playing music again? And then I said to her, I need my own private space. And then she said, okay, stop everything. We put all money into your sanctuary. And two months after it were complete, Anders called me and said, how would you feel to bring Sacramento back together? And everything just aligned from there. And yeah. That's excellent. Uh, well, if everyone doesn't mind, I think that's a really good note to go ahead and try to, uh, wrap things up. Uh, I'll give Raphael one more opportunity to say anything that he would like to say before we finish up here today. Raphael. Uh, well, I pretty much agree with you. I think this is a great final note. So, um, yes. And I pretty much said, uh, what I wanted. So yes, I think for me, we can, uh, yes, we can, we could stop on, on these, uh, yeah, if you're satisfied, I enjoy talking to you because you're very insightful. And uh, even though we're sitting apart, I can feel your vibrations and energies, and they are truly my kind of way. So I I enjoy talking to you, and I want to send some just so I, I have. Um, an email address where uh, I will send a link to to um, 
where you can download some of <laughs> the new stuff uh, from The Coming of Chaos and the album cover. But keep it to yourselves because it's still Central Media property until it's released. Uh, so, um, All right. Well, uh, Nisa, I'd also like to give you this last opportunity to uh, plug anything that you would like to plug, whether it's the new tour or anything else that you'd like to talk about before we finish up today. Yes, I would. I'm really looking forward to this tour and I can't say anything in a short way because there's always a deeper meaning behind it. But when we played Maryland Death Fest, we were in, in the Rams had uh, looking at a band in the middle of the day, and that band were Crossbitter. And all of us in Sacramento were just fucking amazed. They, they kicked our heads in. They were so energetic and so powerful. It was, was the greatest show I've seen in over decades. And I... <laughs> seldomly do things like it, but I ran to the merch stand afterwards, which they were running by themselves, and, and I told them who I were, but they didn't believe me um, in the beginning, and then we're so close friends now, and it's their doing with all the contacts through the USA and, and all their knowledge from different bands. I mean, the guitarist and drummer played in Absu for many, many years. Uh, and uh, they are old school fans of Sacramento. So they, they are just super excited to go on tour with us, but they're helping us with everything. And um, yeah, that US tour, it, it is, it is like, um, really very important point because I invested every <laughs> money I have into this tour and I don't care about the money but now it, it is crucial for my my survival and my family's survival otherwise I have to take a step back uh, with the music and do other things but no i won't i will create art instead i am going to fairs you know concerts and selling my art and people are just they are in awe when they see the see the things that i create and um i guess i with some pictures of it as well uh it's get sold out almost immediately to the few people who I show them to. Um, but if you would like something for yourself, you, you'll be welcome and I can create something. Um, yeah. I'll Thank stop there. No worries. Thank you very much, uh, Nise, for being with us today. And thank you, everyone out there for listening. Uh, you heard it from Nisa himself. They're going to be doing a tour of the U.S. as well as a tour in Mexico afterwards. Yeah, South, South America. 
Mexico, uh, Colombia, uh, Brazil. Yeah. So if you're in any of those places, make sure that you catch Sacramentum. Uh, I've heard from all sources that they are an awesome force live, and I'll be experiencing it myself in the near future, uh, August 26th, I believe. Uh, tune in next week for an interview with uh, John Krutwagen of Samoth. And then after that, Jason, our regular host, will be returning for some uh, more interesting content. Thank you very much, everyone. And uh, you all have a good day.